0: Thanks for joining us this week for the Church at Starkey Hills podcast. Be sure to visit our website at starkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Good morning. It's great to be here with you all this morning. I am Carl Smith, and I am the director of Families on Mission International. And we plan, and we lead, and we organize Uh, mission opportunities for families to be involved in missions together, whether that's locally, whether it's regionally or internationally. Uh, And we do that by partnering with uh, churches and mission organizations. So we have uh, uh, an opportunity to be a bridge builder, an opportunity to mobilize the body of Christ to the mission field. And uh, it's a real blessing to be able to be a part of what God is doing to reach the world for Jesus Christ. And I love being here at Sturkey Hills. I love your staff. I love the people that I've met as I've uh, been involved with you on some local uh, mission opportunities and some regional uh, mission opportunities. And I love the fact that your church is is so mission-minded, and that's important, that we live our life on mission, 24-7. This morning, we're going to be looking at a very familiar passage of Scripture. Now, sometimes when we look at a familiar passage of Scripture, people say, okay, I've heard that a a million times. I don't need to listen. I'm going to turn it off. And uh, what more can I learn? Well, before you do that, I really hope and pray that you will listen with open ears, open heart, and this is Missions Month at Sturkey Hills, and I want you to listen to this passage of Scripture through the lens of missions. So I want you to turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 10, starting in verse number 25. Now this is the parable of the Good Samaritan. And it is very familiar to all of us. But let's see what God has to say to us about missions. Because when you think about it from the lens of, uh, and look at it through the lens of missions, it's really all about missions because it's about being hospitable. It's about going and being hospitable to anyone, anywhere. See? And let's see what God has to say to us this morning here during Missions Month. Starting with verse number 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and put, his, and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But wishing to be justified himself, he said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Right here we see that A certain lawyer, a certain man comes up to Jesus, and he asks him an important question. He asks him probably the most important question that any person can ever ask. He says, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And the lawyer answered his own question, actually, because... He says, and he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Now, the truth is, none of us have ever kept that 100% for all of life. That's why the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You see, people everywhere are asking this same question. How, what must I do to have eternal life? How can I have eternal life? People want to know that they're going to heaven when they die. And he asked a very important question. But see, eternal life doesn't just start when we die. Eternal life starts the very moment that you and I say yes to Jesus Christ then we begin living out eternal life from that moment on. You see, all of us here this morning are alive physically. But without, Je- without Jesus, <clears throat> you are dead spiritually, you see. Because without Jesus, you are dead spiritually and you have no relationship with Almighty God. You have no fellowship with Almighty God whatsoever. Now, people everywhere try to fill that void that's within us with all kinds of things. Religion. They may try to fill it with their life with things like power or prestige. Sometimes people try to fill it with drugs and sex and alcohol, money, family trying to fill that void, but they never are able to fill that void and have a close, personal, intimate love relationship with Jesus Christ. So this certain lawyer, this certain man, asks a spiritual question. But then he asks a social question. He asks, who is my neighbor? Now let's think about that question for just a moment. When was the last time that you and I socialized with somebody of, a, of another race or somebody of another ethnic background? When was the last time that you and I maybe shared our material goods with someone who is poor? Or when was the last time we shared our knowledge with someone who needs education? Or maybe the skills that God has given you When was the last time you shared your skills with someone who's untrained? He's asking, who is my neighbor, and what's my responsibility to my neighbor? And you know, the truth is the whole world is our neighborhood. Yeah, I I live in South Knoxville. I live in a neighborhood, and I may think, no, it's just, the people right there around me but actually it is the whole entire world those who are suffering in central asia sudan india they are our neighbor and we need to be willing to do whatever we can to try to help them through that suffering but the bible tells us tells us that jesus has come to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus is the mender, the mender of broken things. And this morning, you may be sitting here right now, brokenhearted, needing to be mended. I mean, you may have experienced a broken relationship. You may have experienced the death of a loved one. You may have experienced uh, the loss of a job. I want you to know that Jesus is here today, right now, to meet you at the point of your brokenness. And he wants to help put you back together again. So the lawyer asked a spiritual question. He asked a social question. But you know the most important thing is that this lawyer had a spiritual disease. And this spiritual disease that he had was far worse than material poverty. Far worse than material uh, poverty throughout all the world. We see people everywhere that are suffering and hurting from hunger, diseases, floods, all kinds of things. And yes, you and I need to be willing to do whatever we can to help those people get through that time of suffering and that difficulty. But the truth is that there's another disease out there throughout all the world, right here in Knoxville, in Williamsburg, Kentucky, in Pippa Passes, Kentucky, in Honduras, throughout the world. And it's a spiritual disease, and it's a spiritual sickness. It's the disease of sin. And sin is worse than any leprosy or any cancer because sin robs you of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Sin comes between you and Jesus Christ. It destroys your relationship with God. It comes between you and God it becomes between you and the joy and the peace of knowing almighty God. And so each of us must turn our lives over to Jesus Christ to meet to have him come in and to fill that void that we all have. So what must we do to be saved? How can we be saved? You know, that's the same question that was asked to Paul and Silas when they were in prison. And it all boils down to a very individual problem, the problem that each of us have, the problem of sin. And it boils down to an individual decision that we all have to make, and that is to recognize that we are a sinner, repent of our sins, and turn to Jesus Christ. Because when we turn to Jesus Christ and we say an everlasting yes to Jesus Christ, then we have the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. Then we have the power and the ability to reach out to our neighbor and to be the hands, the feet, the voice of Almighty God. But it is then and only then Look there at verse number 30. It says, a certain man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him and went off, leaving him half dead. It says there, a certain man. Now, you know, the Bible says, for God so loved the world. That means that God loves everybody, God's love is universal, God's love is for everybody. That day when Jesus went into Jericho and the streets were all lined with people and there was a huge crowd of people, he saw that huge crowd. But it says here, a certain man. Jesus sees crowds. He died for all the world but he sees individuals. He sees you in the midst of your pain and your heartache. He sees me. Jesus sees individuals. And it says here that he was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And each of us from time to time have fallen into sin. And and the road of sin, we've gone down that road. And as you go down the road of sin, it will take you down and down, just like this man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. But the road of sin will take you further than you've ever wanted to go. It can destroy your life. Because this certain man, it says, he fell among robbers. They stripped him, beat him, went off, leaving him half dead. And when we fall into sin, Satan takes that opportunity to begin to strip us and beat us and try to destroy us. These men tried to destroy him. That's why the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But look there at verse number 31. It says, "And by, by chance, a certain priest was going down on the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Right there, a priest, a religious leader, a clergy, a patch, a pastor. He sees the man suffering, hurting, wounded, dying, and he passes. And goes to the other side. And that helps us to see that religion, religion will never, ever save you. The only thing that saves us is the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. His death, burial, and resurrection. That's what saves us. Religion may be an okay, good thing, but it'll never ever save you. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but through me. That's God's way. Whether we believe it or not, whether we like it or not, whether we think that's narrow-minded or not, that's God's way. That's the way through Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the only way. Each of us must come to the cross to find eternal life. But once we find eternal life, then we have that power and that ability to be able to reach out and to truly meet the needs physically, spiritually, of our neighbor by simply being the hands, the feet, and the voice of God. You see, yesterday, right here in Knoxville, you may not know this. You may know it. You may have been there. But yesterday... Right here in Knoxville, we had an opportunity to reach out to our neighbor to be a part of a local mission project where we were the hands and the feet and the voice of God, 30 of us, showed up at Miss Joy Matthews' house. Joy Matthews doesn't live right here around Sturkey. So you may say, well, then why did you meet why did you reach out to her? Because she's a person in need. That's what God is telling us in this story here. She is a person in need, and we reached out to her, our neighbor. And we were the hands, the feet, the voice of God. I don't know how many of y'all know Jean. Jean plays the harmonica right back here, and I love to hear him play the harmonica. He does it with a smile on his face. But he also picks up a chainsaw with a smile on his face. And he can do more with a chainsaw in 15 minutes than I can do all day. That guy is incredible. I've been with him on several local mission opportunities. And he is the hands and the feet and the voice of God by reaching out to his neighbor with a chainsaw. I mean, if you know how to use a chainsaw, God can use you in that way. But you have that opportunity. In a few weeks, November 11, 12, and 13, we're going to be taking a group up to Pippa Passes, Kentucky. Another opportunity to reach out to your neighbor and to be the hands, the feet, the voice of God. All you have to do is sign up with Clark Step. Sign up with him. Go with us. Be a part of it. Being the hands, the feet, the voice of God reaching out to your neighbor. And then, as you go through the lobby, you'll see Sturkey Hills has many opportunities for you to be able to be the hands, the feet, the voice of God, to reach out to your neighbor, whether it's locally, regionally, internationally. Your church is giving you every opportunity you need to be able to, to do this. But look at verse 32. And likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Again, we see religion cannot and will not save you. It cannot and will not. But then Jesus shares with us the power and the simplicity of the gospel He begins to talk about a certain uh, Samaritan. Look there at verse 33. But a certain Samaritan who was on a journey came up and came upon him. And when he saw him, he felt compassion and came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his beast and brought him to an end, and took care of him. And on the next day, he took two denarii, and gave them to the innkeeper, and said, take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, the one who showed mercy towards him. And Jesus said to him, Go and do the same. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. You see, a certain Samaritan, the Jews and the Samaritans hated each other. In fact, Samaritans were known for not really ever having anything to do with anybody of a different race or ethnic background or religious background, for that matter. But Jesus said, a certain Samaritan. He came along, he saw what happened, and he took action. He he didn't take time to think about it. I mean he could have done what these other two guys did. He could have said, "Whoa, wait a minute. I don't have any responsibility to that guy. I'm in a hurry. What I'm doing is more important. I can move on and go on the other side." Furthermore, when you come on a road like this, he asked for his own trouble. He should have been he should have been armed. I mean, my goodness coming down from from Jerusalem, he he being a Jew, they hate Samaritans. Why would I want to reach out to him? No, he did not ask those questions or act in that way. He reached out. He saw what happened, and he immediately went to action. You see, God could have done the the very same thing. He He could have said, I'm just going to leave those people alone, let them live life their own way, let them end up in hell, it'll be all right. I'm going to go on to the other side. God could have done what those other two did, but God didn't. He did what the Samaritan did. He took action, and he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins in our place, my place and yours. God took action. This Samaritan took action. You and I must take take action. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I mean, only an infinite God can love that much, can love like that. I can't. You can't. Only the overwhelming grace and love of God can compel God to give His one and only Son to die in your place and in mine. See, this certain Samaritan came along and went directly to that man and began to help him. He took action. Just as Christ will come to you this morning, wherever you might be, in your heartache, in your hurt, maybe you need encouragement. Maybe things are going great in your Christian walk and you just need, you just need some encouragement to keep it up. But God, Jesus Christ is right there for you. He's here this morning right there. He wants to come to you. But now the, the Samaritan did not just love this man and then leave him. He actually did something for him. Jesus didn't just love us and leave us. He actually did something for us too. He died on the cross in your place and in mine. So that we might have the opportunity to know who Almighty God is. God demonstrated His love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, that's how much God loves you and took action for you. But look there at verse number 34. He came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put, put him on his beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. He poured oil onto his wound. And you see oil in the Bible represents the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes to each of us and convicts us of sin, and draws us in, and when we say an everlasting yes to Jesus Christ, He comes to live within our heart, and He comes to begin to produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, and He comes to gift us with spiritual gifts to be able to serve the body, and to be able to serve God, and to be able to reach out to our neighbor, and be the heart of God, to be the hands and the feet and the voice of God, you see. But it also says, and wine. He poured wine on them. And wine is like an antiseptic, you know? And when we take the Lord's Supper, we we take the the cup of, of juice, and that represents the shed blood of Jesus Christ, and the shed blood of Jesus Christ is an antiseptic to us. In our disease, the disease of sin. Because when we ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart and life, He comes in and He wipes us clean. He heals us spiritually. And you see, when God comes in, He saves us. He changes us. He transforms us and he keeps us. Wow. And this Samaritan man, he even put him on his own donkey, took him to the inn, and paid for everything and said, when I come back, I will pay for the rest of it. He took action. And once you and I are saved, then we have that power to be able to go out and truly reach out to our neighbor and to be the hands, the feet, and the voice of God. I mean, how will they know unless we go and we tell them? We do a simple project like yesterday, cleaning up, transforming the outside of a lady's house that was a widow in poor health, needed help. And it gave us the opportunity to be able to share with her not only physically but spiritually. We do that regionally in Williamsburg, Pippa Passes, and then all the other places that Sturkey Hills goes to. You may be involved in doing some physical things, but it gives you that spiritual opportunity to be able to share with them the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and all of these people are your neighbor who is our neighbor and what's our responsibility you may be sitting there this morning and you may be thinking I I don't know. I've never done something like that. I I don't know where to start or what to do. Well, one place you could start is walk out into that lobby and sign up to be a part of a local thing or a regional thing because here's the deal. You sign up to be a part of a local thing. You show up to the the person's house or or you show up downtown uh, where you're feeding the, the homeless. You show up and you pull out a rake. And you put a smile on your face and you start raking the yard. That's what some people did yesterday. And that was being the hands and the feet and the voice of God. That was, being, that was reaching out to other people, to their neighbor. And, you know, I saw, I saw moms and dads with children there. Yeah, little children. And two or three weeks from now, they're going to be able to show those kids a picture what were we doing t- three weeks ago in that picture? We were serving Jesus. We were being the hands, the feet, the voice of God. Yeah, those parents have an opportunity to teach their children just by showing up. And they get, the children get to watch all of the other people serving Jesus. And then the parents get to watch their children because you know what the children did yesterday? that There was one lady that kept talking to Joy Matthews and kept finding out what she wanted in her front bed, and she used all the little children to help her fix up that front bed. And Miss Joy went and got her, her chair, and she sat right at the door, and she watched it, and tears came to her eyes, tears of joy, because she was so excited that they were refreshing and making her, her, her front bed look pretty but it was children doing it. See, we have a chance to teach the next generation how to reach out to their neighbor. And so you may be saying, I don't know, I'm not sure how to do it. Just sign up. Yeah. Get on the van, go to, go to Pippa Passes, a place you've never heard of, a place you've never been to. That's very, very close to Clark step because he grew up there. And it's a wonderful place. Lawrence Baldridge is an awesome pastor. He's been the pastor of of the church there for 51 years. And the guy has a heart of gold. What an opportunity to meet him, you know? So you may be saying, I've never done that. Then take that step. You may be sitting here today, and you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and life, to be your personal Lord and Savior, but you've never taken your faith public to the point where you've said yes to believer's baptism. You've never been baptized. Then I want to encourage you to take that step of faith and obedience and be baptized. Because once you're living in obedience to Almighty God, He is free then to begin to work in your life like never, ever before. But you may be sitting here today thinking, I've never even really asked Jesus in my heart. I've never taken that first step of faith. I'm not even there yet. Well, that's where you need to start. You need to start by acknowledging that you, just like all of us, are a sinner and need to be saved. You need to say an everlasting yes to Jesus Christ and asking Him to come into your heart and life to be your personal Lord and Savior. That's where you need to begin because that's when God gives you The power and the ability and the desire to reach out to your neighbor and to be the hands, the feet, and the voice of Almighty God. So as we come to a close of our service, I want each of us to take an inward look. Where do you stand? I mean, are you saved but never been baptized and you need to be baptized? I want to encourage you and challenge you to pray about taking your, your faith public, following Jesus' example in believer's baptism. Or if you're saved and been baptized, and I want to challenge you to sign up. Be a part of something that Sturkey Hills is doing. You'll get to know some people that you've never met before right here in your own, own family and it'll be great because I'll tell you what they're great people awesome but if you're here and you're taking that inward look and you're realizing I've never said yes to Jesus then I encourage you today before you go to bed tonight you need to say an everlasting yes to Jesus Christ then You can truly be a part of being the hands and feet and voice of God to your neighbor. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the privilege of being a part of the family of God. And Father, I pray that you would be with each person that is here this morning. Help us each one to take an inward look at what our situation might be. And Father, for those who need to be baptized, I pray that you would give them the courage to make that decision to be baptized. For those, Father, that are saved and baptized and just have never taken that next step of involvement, I pray that You would give them the courage and the strength to sign up, to be a part of what you're doing in and through Sturkey Hills. Father, I pray most of all for those that are here this morning that do not know you as Lord and Savior, that, Father, that today would be the day that they would say an everlasting yes to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father for your love. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.